Hello and welcome to week nine of the Punt Return Podcast. I'm Joss. No James today, just Nick. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. It's uh, interesting that at the halfway point of the season, there's a lot of kind of talking points that, yep. that we'll touch on in this episode, and uh, it's going to be strange without James. You kind of yeah, miss, um, miss the old guy. Especially when you're doing a mid-season review and the guy is big on futures. Um, yeah, but, uh, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll pick his brain next week for, uh, with some, some futures stuff for him. For everyone who kind of follows his future stuff, he's actually written a uh, 2019 NFL mid-season report, which you can read on statsinsider.com.au. Um, and uh, it's pretty good reading, so jump on it. Okay, let's um, let's jump right on into our mid-season review, and we'll talk some awards, some surprises, some shames, and then a updated Super Bowl prediction. Um, but before we do that, I just want to uh, confirm that neither of us here on the panel are behind the uh, Jameis one-for-one Twitter account. Um, so just to any conspiracies, conspiracy theories there. Um, and I am keen... We'll talk maybe at the end. Maybe we should have a price on whether Jason, like the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks GM, will confirm it by the end of the week or we'll get confirmation that it isn't him. Uh, what do you reckon? Do you reckon he's the, he's responsible for this burner account? Oh, I, I would love it. I would love it to be true. I would love I've, it to be I've never wanted know. an NFL story to be more true in my life than this because <laughs> the guy's written a 400-page book about how there's a media conspiracy against Jameis, Jameis Winston, and he's been he's been on a few radio interviews, and his voice sounds eerily similar to to Jason Luck. So um, okay. this is uh, Brian, is it Colangelo? Colangelo? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is getting up there. This is even more extreme than that. So um, if you haven't checked the story, just search on Twitter um, at Jameis one of one on Twitter, and you can just like on your tweet deck, and you'll just see a stack of uh, tweets about the conspiracy and um, his <laughs> his denial that it's uh, Jason like. But anyway, it's great. Uh, it's great reading. It's a great story. There's a video about the conspiracy where it starts from, and uh, apparently there's a one in one hundred chance or something that his the phone number would the last two digits of Jason Light's phone number would be the same as this guy's, and, and it is. <laughs> so uh, people are starting to draw the dots. But I mean, there's so many phone numbers. Uh, I don't know how that math com- completely adds up, but. Uh, anyway, yeah, it seems like it would be more than one in one hundred. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, let's talk mid-season review, and uh, I'll, I'll kickstart us. Um, MVP, I got Aaron Rodgers here winning the award. Um, I just think uh, he's going to get a higher seed than than some of the other quarterbacks that are that are in contention. That you know, um, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, with Mahomes injured now, and I just don't think Brady's playing well enough. Despite them being undefeated, it's it's all on the back of their their defense, he's kind of been just an, a game manager, an elite game manager. He makes big third down throws, but it's not enough to win UMVP. I've got Lamar Jackson winning Offensive Player of the Year. Um, this one was tough. Um, I'm sure you guys will get to the other option I considered, but um, I just think Lamar Jackson's going to smash sort of Q- QB rushing records, and it's going to um, give him that award as kind of a runner-up to the MVP trophy. Aaron Donald's my Defensive Player of the Year until he isn't. He's been triple teamed so many times, and, and he's still wrecking havoc on games. So um, if Nick Bosa can have a strong back end to the season, then I definitely think he can win the award. But uh, Aaron Donald's going to be my uh, guy until until he isn't at this point. Um, Kyle Shanahan's my coach of the year. He's, he's just been football poetry, this guy. The, the plays he's doing and the running game, the way that he's scheming, um, I just think he's just been so good. Um, but this is, a, this is a hard award. I think the top three is pretty clear. So it depends... Depends what the voting panel, you know, whether they're into narratives or the scheme. It's it's really hard to see. I've got Minshew as my offensive player of the year. This one was tough as well. It's pretty wide open at this point. Um, the odds are just going to change week in, week out. Um, and Nick Foles' returns the big question mark on whether Minshew can go on with this. And 
he can lead the Jags to the to the playoffs. I think he's definitely the offensive rookie of the year. And then Nick Bosa obviously is the defender. The Brian Burns, um, the run is over. Unfortunately, it was so fun. It was such a wild ride. Um, the Forty Nine. <laughs> It was, and I was talking to James about this earlier in the week, and even he's jumped off. He, he's kind of conceded that, that this this uh, is over yeah, as a just contest. Just buy shares in Bosa, and it's Bosa yeah. or Burns. I mean, people are pushing this Josh Allen narrative. Please, it's it's Bosa or Burns. Forty um, Nineers defense is is my biggest surprise. Obviously, Forty Nineers overall, but for me, like it's just crazy how good they are. We knew the Pats defense was going to be amazing. And they are, but the, the the gap between the Pats and the 49ers and the third-ranked Denver team and DVOA is is 33 percentage points. So Denver a third, 49ers a second. There's a 33 percent gap. That's the that's bigger than the, the gap between Denver, who are third in DVOA defense, and Cincinnati at 31. It's just staggering how good the 49ers defense and the Pats defense are. So the, the 49ers defense is the biggest surprise to me, and then the Oakland. Offense as well. I think John Gruden deserves some credit. I mean, people love to slam the guy, but I mean, they're doing a lot with little. No Antonio Brown. They've got Hunter Renfro as their wide receiver one for a few weeks with Tyrell Williams down. Darren Wallace, you know, made the leap and I think they've been pretty, pretty stout in games and, and put up points and, and made them competitive. And then the Falcons. Oh man, that's the biggest shame for me. It, it's so sad that their windows closed. I, I just mentioned Kyle Shanahan being the coach of the year candidate. If they chose him over over Dan Quinn, him and Matt Ryan could have uh, could have done special special things and maybe hoisted a couple of trophies. Um, unfortunately, it's it's not to be. And then my uh, Super Bowl matchup, it's pretty clear. I, I got the Pats and the Saints. I think I just trust Drew Brees more in the playoffs than Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. So uh, I think I'll I'll go with the Saints. But um, you know the, the NFC is wide open. So uh, that's where I'm at the mid season. What have you got for us, Nick? Yeah, I'll, look, I'm not too far different on on some of the choices. I think we've been pretty close. Uh, for a number of reasons uh, across the board. I've got Russell Wilson as MVP. I think what he's done with this Seahawks offense has been incredible. Um, he's, he's the leader of the franchise. His stats are, are off the chart. He's, he's ranked in top three or top four of most uh, QB ratings and, and rankings. Um, and, and he's going to be pretty hard to beat if he has if he has a pretty similar second half of the season. Hmm. Um, I've gone Christian McCaffrey for Offensive Player of the Year. Pretty pretty standard. I think he he does everything. Um, he runs, he catches, he scores. He, he just does everything. He blocks even, uh, and and he'll he'll get to two thousand yards from scrimmage again. My big surprise, I think, for for this uh, I guess episode is that I've got Jamie Collins at uh, defensive player of the year from the Pats. Um, and I know you, you probably disagree with me at, on this one, but um, I'm just going to rattle off some of these stats from his his season so far. He has three interceptions with one return for a touchdown. Four passes deflected, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, 44 tackles, seven for a loss, six sacks, eight QB hits, and 10 total quarterback pressures, which are just you know incredible numbers for for a guy on an incredible defense. Sounds like uh, just one Darius Leonard game to me. <laughs> nah. Here we go. Nah, nah. How could you not go Frank Reich as coach of the year? Yeah, it's tough, but uh, it's hard to go past Shanahan. I mean, Colts are just grinding out close wins and that's part of Frank Reich being clutch and, and ballsy and making calls and yeah he's done a hell of a job but uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's just yeah, he needs props like the way this offense is flowing without Jimmy Garoppolo even really doing much at all it's it's pretty it's pretty staggering it is and uh, yeah I expected a little bit more from you as a, a Colts fan yeah so, um, I mean I've, I've got him second I've got Sean Payton as number one coach of the year I think what he's done 
under the circumstances in New Orleans this season without Drew Brees for, for most of the first half has been amazing. Mm. Um, you know, he, he draws up some really cool plays and he just leads this, this, I think, I think the Brees injury helped him. I feel like he got into not a rut, but I think he got too comfortable. Well, we, we saw him playing with essentially three, three quarterback sets on occasions in the first two weeks before Brees got injured. And I think he's been able to revert back to his, you know, Go two back to the sets. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like because Bridgewater was in there, he had to change things up and change his scheme. And just, I feel like it gave him a little bit of a lightning bolt and got into the lab a little bit more and he, and he was able to cook up some more stuff. And I think that's helped him. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think that, that, what he's done with Teddy Bridgewater is just play to Bridgewater's strengths. He hasn't asked Bridgewater to do, to do too much. Um, and he's kind of, yep. you know, acknowledge the situation. This is what it is. And we're just going to do the best that we can under the situation, under the circumstances. And, and they just know how to win and they keep winning. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter yep. what, where or who. So mm-hmm. um, you mentioned the Oakland offense before. I've got Josh Jacobs as my offensive rookie of the year. Uh, he's having an incredible year. He, again, he does it. He does it all for, for Oakland and, uh, he's been really impressive in his first season. And Nick Bosa, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. He, he was pretty close to my pick for Defensive Player of the Year, to be honest. Yeah, um, it was tough. Well, it was tough to to pass on him. Yeah, so, I mean, he's a shoe in for, for this award. Um, my biggest surprise so far for the, the, the year, I think, has been the Green Bay Packers. Um, they weren't on my radar at all preseason. I think, you know, with new coach, new personnel, um, new schemes, they... That, I had them missing the playoffs completely and for them to be sitting six and one at the halfway mark is very impressive. And I've been impressed with the way that they've played, especially on defense, but uh, you know, Rogers is, is getting back to his, his, you know, special form. And, and you, you alluded to it earlier as, as your MVP favorite at the moment. That's, that's pretty amazing for yep. a guy. We haven't seen that form for a number of years. So that, that's pretty amazing. Um, and obviously as, as I've kind of mentioned a few times on this podcast as, as a, an Eagles fan, the Eagles are my biggest disappointment. They were, Super Bowl favorites, um, at least from the NFC, uh, preseason and you know, kind of what they've served up, especially on defense at, at times in the first half of this year has been very disappointing. And uh, I, I really hope that they can kind of get it together in the second half. Mm. Um, and the last category is kind of Super Bowl matchup. And I've gone the same as you. I've got the Pats and the Saints. I think they're the two best teams um, in each conference. Uh, again, it was close with the Niners, but I think, you know, under pressure, uh, the Saints get it done, and you know Breeze is back. Yep, like you said, you, you trust him. You trust him in those yeah, moments. Yeah, you trust him so much more. Um, unless they get rorted by the refs, which is a possibility. It's, it's um, always a possibility. Yeah, it's, it's been some pretty horrid calls in the last few weeks, but yeah, uh, I definitely agree. Just going back on Jamie Collins, like um, it's pretty crazy that Browns just let that guy go, but like he played like ass for them. Like he slots back into New England, just kills it. I mean, it's just. I mean, Bill Belichick hasn't won Coach of the Year award enough. I mean, like, he really should just win it every year. It's, it's amazing what this guy does. I mean, he just, he, he was happy to let Jamie Collins go in his prime for like three years, welcome him back, three years older, and go, all right, yeah, bam, straight in here, you put up these numbers, you be a, a real staple, you be an all pro. And, and, and he's done it. It's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, if there's, if there's any example of all, at, at all about coaching and recruiting to a scheme, it's, it's the Pats. Yeah. You know, every year they bring in kind of un, unheralded guys. Mm. Guys have been sacked from other teams, um, and, and they just come in and they do a job, and they, they recruit specifically for those guys to do a job, and, and they do it. Yeah, uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Um, we'll just touch on James's uh, stuff real quick. He's got Deshaun Watson as the MVP, which is a fine choice. Um, he's kind of carrying the Texans, and he's going to have to now with them losing JJ Watt and their defense getting arguably even worse. Scott McCaffrey is offensive player, 
Daniil Hunter, who he, he shouted out last week at $34 um, to, to be Defensive Player of the Year. He's into 21, so he's, he's firming. He made some plays on Thursday Night Football. So a real smoky chance um, and a definite chance in that. Um, so I like that pick from James. Frank Reich, so someone someone had him at least um, as Coach of the Year. He's got Murray and Bosa for his Rookies of the Years, and his surprise, obviously, was the 49ers. And he's shame with the Browns, but... At the halfway point, I agree, but um, you know, there's a stat going around the Browns' opponents so far are combined 36 and 17, um, and their remaining opponents' records is 21, 45 and one. So it's a real lopsided mm. schedule, and they've played two, they've played the two best, three of the top seven, five of the top 11 DVOA teams. So it's just been crazy hard. So imagine the hype on them if their schedule was around the other way, and they were like six and two at this point, and then hit the road. It would it would kind of be a real thing. So if they finish the year strong, I feel like, you know, maybe they can sneak up to eight and eight and, and maybe, you know, or seven and nine or even nine and seven. They need a win in Denver and we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But I feel like maybe at the end of the year we'll, we'll see the Browns a little bit differently. Um, looking at the stats insider projections, what's the what's the top matchup um, in, the, in the models projections? Yeah, well, I mean, as expected, the two the two teams most likely projected to to win the Super Bowl are the New England Patriots and New, mm. New Orleans Saints. There we go. Twenty seven point one percent for the Pats, fifteen point five percent for the Saints. Um, and after that, it's it's all pretty even. You got the Packers and Niners at nine percent. The Chiefs are at five point two, and then there's a whole host of teams kind of between four and a half percent and two percent that you could really throw a blanket over. And then you got the, I guess, the no hopers at the at the bottom. All right. Well, that uh, wraps up our mid-season review. Um, so it's definitely some interesting stuff. Uh, you know, in terms of looking at markets, defensive player of the year is definitely one that's just really wide, wide open right now. So you know, if you if you like some outsiders and think they could have a big, strong year, maybe that's a market to look at. Uh, Stephon Gilmore's the five dollar favorite there as a shutdown corner. So uh, maybe we'll pick James's brains with some future updated future prices next week at, at the mid-season mark. I guess kind of week 10 is probably the mid-season because most teams would have had their buy at this point. Um, all right, let's talk week eight results. Lock of the week, Saints two weeks in a row for us. Uh, they lob. Um, they ended up starting about 12.5-point favorites. So we got on 9.5 if everyone got on early. Sometimes that, that goes against you and it moves the other way. Mm. But 6-2 uh, and two on the year for our lock of the week's Long shots. I finally lobbed one, mate. Uh, Mike Evans <laughs> easily clipped the 125 receiving yards. Went close to 200. Uh, so that was paying $3.25. Um, Tongue-in-cheek for me, Nick's on a cold streak because his official play was no good. But uh, you did hit on a couple of others. Cooper Cup and uh, and Kenny Golladay were a couple of guys from memory that you that you talked up at sort of $2.50 odds to, to hit 100, 100 plus yards. Yeah, I've kind of switched the way that I started the season with. Uh, I was I was having no luck on my best bets, and the the long shots kept kept, kept your life. Yeah. Now now we switched, and and I've gone pretty well on the best bets for the last couple of weeks, and uh, two yeah. weeks in a row miss on the the long shot. Yeah, you, you're three and zero on your best bets results. So th- three of the last four weeks have been three and zero for you. And kudos to you going back to the to the Freeman well at the four plus receptions. Kind of a bad beat last week, um, and you went back to that well, and that's what I probably should have done with my Cooper Cup. Uh, when I, I got rorted, <laughs> when he didn't have a single uh, catch in the second half against uh, the, the Falcons, I probably should have gone back there because he did have a monster game um, monster last week. Game. But, yeah, that easily lobbed. Good decision by you, mate. Um, New Orleans, obviously, and then your, your, your Seattle line. So that was that was interesting. You got the Seattle line on the pot at minus 5.5. That jumped um, minus 8.5. I had it flat 7 in this uh, picks comp that I'm in. And up 24 nil. I've highlighted it green in my official marks. I was like, oh, this is it. And then... They let Matt Sharp with the backdoor cover. That is one of the worst all-time covers. 
yeah. I've ever seen. Um, that is yeah. horrendous. It, it was very smelly. Like they got out gained like three hundred and sixty-two yards to eighty-two yards in the second half. That that yeah. is that is and, terrible. And who was Sharp dinking and dunking to? Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman. Well he done. He had eight, eight or nine receptions yeah, and, crazy. and did it covered easy. Yep, exactly. Uh, so I went one, one, and one. Uh, Tampa Bay, that was, again, one of the worst beats. That was terrible. They got rorted on an early call that would have put them in the lead. Um, there, that, uh, that fumble recovery that should have been a, a touchdown. Um, so that's a, that's a bad beat and that's fine. And then, um, Oakland and Houston, 51, landed on exactly 51. Houston should have gone for two, um, at one point and they didn't. So that could have been a, either a loss or a win. So I guess I'll got, take got the push. O'Brien. Yeah, I got O'Brien. But, um, <laughs> if they failed, then I would have been even filthier. But the, the going for the two was the right call because it would have put them up. It would have, would have only put them, yeah, it would have put them up four or, or five. Like I didn't, I, I can't quite remember now, but they, the, the consensus was that you should have gone for two there. And then Miami plus 14 and a half. That was my lone win. But most importantly, Nick, what was it? It was a head-to-head yeah, victory knew, against you. I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. We were baiting each other on Twitter. Yeah, all, it was. It uh, was that, that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, um, I, I actually took, I actually took them to win a little bit. Six fifty at fourteen nil. I was, yeah, I was happy. Um, and I wish, I wish I kind of hedged and rang up, and you could have got. So could, you, you could have got plus money that, on the Steelers minus fourteen. I could have just hedged and been just very comfortable. So you took that hundred dollar note that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, and you lit it on fire. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So Fitz Magic, <laughs> it didn't turn into, yeah, it didn't turn into the uh, proper uh, amount that I would have hoped. But look, they covered, so it was fine. Um, so that's all you can ask for yep, the worst team uh, in the league. Exactly, <laughs> James. Uh, f- I'm actually two and one. I'm picking Miami this year. I think so that's pretty good. James had Jags four dollars to make the playoffs. That's in the two seventy five now. So um, all three. Um, there's, yeah, there's three AFC South teams in the playoffs right now, I think, if the season ended today, um, which is pretty staggering. Um, two wild cards from, from the South. That's nuts. But anyway, let's jump straight into week nine. Falcons, Bengals, Rams, Saints on a bye. Thursday night football, San Fran minus 10 at Arizona. 42 and a half is the total division game. Week nine, San Fran off a massive win. Arizona off a massive loss. What's your thoughts? Um, well, as we spoke about Nick Bosa a little earlier, I'm expecting him to strengthen his stranglehold on Defensive Rookie of the Year and even further his case for the, for the double with Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. He's, he's having an incredible year, uh, and Kyler Murray probably be shaking in his boots at this point um, with this matchup with the first two draft picks of the, of the draft. Um, this 49ers defense is, is just too strong and too good. If David Johnson is named in the lineup and the line comes into nine points instead of ten, then you know I'll probably I'll probably take that. Uh, but otherwise, I'm going to pass. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. I mean, my numbers have this uh, about eight eight and a half for the for the 49ers. So um, it looks like you know the Cardinals are a play here at the ten or ten. If it gets to ten and a half, I probably will take it. But um, it's just. The more I look at this game, the more the matchup doesn't really suit the Cardinals. So I'm a little bit worried about my rating on them and my number. Maybe I'm overrating them a little bit, but they've they've played well. But it's just it's really hard. So this is the this is the only the second time since 2014 that the 49ers have been road favorites of eight or more points. It's a lot of points on a short week on the road in a division matchup. So that's kind of where I'm at. But you know the Cardinals are six and two against the spread in their last eight games as an underdog. Um. But they're two nine and one against the spread in their last twelve home games against the NFC West, so they haven't really played 
very well lately in the division, but they didn't have Kyler Murray, so I feel like a lot of those are a little bit, little bit hard to do. And obviously, if Kenyon Drake starts, he's got a, he's got three days to learn the playbook and and take on this eleventh ranked run defense. Um, so that might that might mean that they go more air, and I don't know if that's going to work out either because if you try to air it out against this. 49ers defense, they've allowed a league low 128.7 pass yards per game this season. I mean, a lot of that's inflated because they played Washington in a mud mud pool bowl, whatever it was, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so it's it's hard to really, you know, per rata that over the, the weeks because obviously if, I think Keenum had like 49 yards, so it really <laughs> kind of changed, staggers that a little bit. But it, it is yeah. a hard matchup for this Arizona defense and the Arizona offensive line. Um, but yeah, 10 points is a lot. I'm really interested to see how, I mean, not just this week, but but over the course of the season, how they integrate Drake into that offense with David Johnson. I think they can work together, and and uh, yep. really, it's going to be interesting to, to see how they do it. Yeah, I think it means you see David Johnson line up more in the slot. I mean, he did that yep. in college. Um, he's, yep. he's such a great receiver, and he, he's, he's so good. He's awesome, and I think Drake's Drake's a pretty good player. I just feel like he's just been in bad spots, so... Um, you know, we'll wait and see. I think this is. I think it was a pretty savvy trade. Uh, obviously, Chase Edmonds out for the year, so um, that was a kind of a, a good a good run while it lasted for Chase Edmonds, but uh, not a bad yeah. landing spot for Drake. But yeah, I think this is a pass for me. Yeah, and I, th- I think you know, for for all those people that have David Johnson in fantasy, um, who might be thinking that, that this is season over for for David Johnson, I, I don't agree with that at all because, Buy like low. you said, you, exactly right. Um, David Johnson's gonna be more involved in the past game than he was originally. And, and he's already pretty heavily involved. Mm. Um, and getting those extra points per, per reception is, is going to be yeah. great for, for people who who picked up David Johnson at potentially, you know, pick 6 to 12. Yeah, exactly. And Christian Kirk coming back is massive for um, the Cardinals' offense as well because now you've got a legitimate outside threat. Um, with, yeah. with I mean, obviously, Larry, and now if, if David Johnson does play with Drake, um, it gives him a little bit more of a variety of, of pass catches and reliable pass catches. He's not throwing to Sherfield or um, Demir Bird and, and players like that, who are okay, and, but they're not Christian Kirk or. or and Larry I don't, Fitz. I don't see Kenyon Drake being that bell cow back anyway. So it's not like you know, Johnson's not going to get those touches and, and some of those carries. No, exactly, and anyway. Kenyon Drake's a, a good pass catcher himself. So um, split backs <laughs> formations could be something we could see. Um, for for the Cardinals. All right, we've got another London game, one thirty a.m. start here on the west uh, on the east coast. Sorry, um, west coast. I've never been on the west coast in twenty five years. Um, London game, uh, Houston minus one and a half at Jacksonville. The total is forty seven. AFC South. This is a juicy game, actually. Um, this is a pass for me. I feel like the line and total pretty spot on here. Um, I'm expecting a lot more points than their previous encounter, which I think was like thirteen to twelve or something like that. Um, but London always does some funny things, so uh, that's why I'm going to just completely stay out of this. Um, it, it might come down to which defense plays the best without their superstar. Obviously, Houston now without J.J. Watt and uh, the Jags now without Jalen Ramsey, but you know they're used to that now after a few weeks without him, so they're a little bit more accustomed. Uh, Houston's secondary is becoming a problem. It, it is a massive problem. Um, their past defense, it might be worse than their, their O-line issues, um, which is pretty staggering when you when you see that. Uh, Larry Tunsil's status is up in the air, so that's something to watch. I think if he's out, I definitely lean towards Jacksonville. He's just such a mm. big in for them with that line. It just creates such a, such a stability um, there. It and helps the le- need, it helps the left guard exactly. So this is huge. I, I think Leonard Fournette. Um, unfortunately, there's no prices out here. Please come on, sports betting community. We need touchdown prices up before Thursday. Like it's crazy. Um, so I think he gets a touchdown. Um, maybe if you can get it over. 
flat one or any time touchdown price over two two fifty, I think is a, a pretty good value. He's had one hundred and ninety eight touches and only one touchdown. That's incredibly hard to do. I think there's some positive regression coming here for for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, on the course of the game, I, I think I'm incredibly worried about the Houston defense. Uh, but on the other hand, I don't really rate the Jacksonville uh, offense that, oh, that hey, much. Go back and watch Minshew. Uh, Tear the Jets up. Yeah. I I like Minshew, but yeah. look, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's Get not on Minshew Wilson. mania, mate. Come on. He's not Carson Wentz. Come on. Please. He's not Nick Foles. I mean. The greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he might be backing Minshew up in a couple of weeks. So, um, he, he you know, real be. talk. He I mean, might be. Carson Wentz wishes he was... A Gardner Minshew. I'll just say that. <laughs> I think he wishes he had the moustache. Yeah, true. Not the, Very true. Not that red fluff on his face. But yeah. um, Look, Deshaun Watson last week became the first player in NFL history to have 15-plus passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns in the team's first eight games of a season, hmm. which is – I mean, they're, they're pretty incredible numbers. Um, he's got 105.7 passer rating, and he's never lost to the Jags, which is – I think that's important because he, he comes into the game you know, full of confidence. Um, I haven't been uh, great at picking the London game so far, so take whatever I say with a grain of salt. But I'm leaning Houston at the line. Uh, but what I really like is Deshaun Watson, three or more passing touchdowns at 350, which okay. you can get at the moment. Yeah, that's interesting. If you want to look at uh, another player prop, I think it's uh, Gardner Minshew completions. Um, I don't know what the line will be, but um, Houston are 31st in the NFL in opponent completions per game at 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, tied for second at last with... Arizona at 25.6. Um, so that secondary is just giving up stacks of passes. So I feel like you could see you know, Minshew connect with DJ Shark and D.D. Westbrook and, and all those guys um, quite a bit and move the chains, and, and that's where that secondary is a problem. Um, they're just allowing too many pass completions. So um, that's something to look at um, for, for the Houston. You're right, the secondary is is a concern. Um, it's it's just basically... It feels like they're the AFC's Seattle at this point. It's just... Deshaun Watson bailing out the Texans and bailing out some bad coaching and bad play calling, and that's kind of what Russell Wilson's doing when they keep trying to establish the run and, and get behind. Russell Wilson kind of claws his way back and wins for Seattle. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. I think I think Seattle are probably better than Houston at the moment, yeah. um, especially without JJ Watt. I, I'm, yeah, like definitely. I said, I'm really concerned about about Houston yep. conceding, um, you know, more than they're going to score pretty much every week from now. Yep. Um, it's worth noting Jacksonville probably should have beat Houston the last time they played, so um, they they'll, be, they'll be revenge. Um, they, but, but they uh, the ball went over the line. So uh, that, for me, in my personal record book, um, they won. So anyway, when, uh, when a loss is actually a win, yeah, exactly, we... yeah, exactly. Yeah, just you know, in my standings, Houston has one more loss, and Jacksonville has one more win. Um, all right, Chicago at Philly. Philly minus five. The total is forty-three five. They've just won in Buffalo, but um, yeah, five is a lot. Um, I'm gonna. Pass on this game, but uh, yeah, it's the end. The total, it's it's tough here, but you know that defensive regression that everyone was talking about it about the Bears. It's here. It's finally here. So September, uh, Chicago had minus twenty one point one percent DVOA, third in the league. But the Bears' defense for October, eleven point four percent, and they were twenty six in the league. Also, Matt Nagy, what's going on? Coach of the year last year. What are you doing? You, you get a first down and then you kneel on it. Get your kicker into. More, uh, more like a more advantageous spot to kick the field goal. Like, what, what are you doing, mate? Um, it's crazy. Um, look, it was a good win by Philly last week. Avoided that sort of real dreadful hole. If they lost, I feel like they would have just been just unable to get out of that hole. 
Um, I just want to see them do it again. I know they've had one, they've had a back-to-back win a couple of weeks, but one of them was against Luke Falk. So I want to want to see them beat two good teams in a row here. And if they can beat the Buffalo defense and the Chicago defense in back-to-back weeks and, and do it convincingly like they did against Buffalo, um, I think, uh, you know, that division's going to start to heat up because um, I think that they're a chance and, and can, you know, they're still going to play Dallas at home and things like that. So they can easily claw their way back in this division. So it's hard, but I'm going to pass. Yeah, it's it's a pass for me as usual. I, I think you know the Eagles have to get hot at some point because they've got to keep up with the Cowboys. Yeah, they have too the, much talent not to. Absolutely, yeah. but I am I am kind of dreading this matchup because you know if if the offensive line doesn't stand up, which so far it's held up pretty well. Yep. But you know Khalil Mack is a worry yep. for for any team, especially a team that's not you know full of confidence in, in the offense at, at the moment. And uh, you know the Eagles have have been struggling. It, it was a win that that they really needed last week because that. Three five hole that you mentioned would have been disastrous. Yeah, uh, four and four isn't quite a disaster. It's it's disappointing, but it's not a disaster. Yep. Um, and and still in the hunt, which is which is the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, give give Miles Sanders Miles Sanders the ball more, Philly, please. Like oh, I feel like once 100%. he gets involved more, I feel like the offense just goes better. I mean, Jordan Howard's great, but I mean, Miles Sanders has special abilities. I love it when they're both on the field. I, yeah. I love the block that Jordan Howard yeah, put on exactly. for Sanders' touchdown. I mean, um, you could play like a, f- a hybrid running back, fullback role, Jordan Howard, at this point. Yeah. I feel like that's not a bad place for him to be in a real sort of specialist role for him. Um, this this is also the, the spot for the Bears uh, to just unleash Trubisky. Like, it sounds silly, but just let him... Just let him go. Like, if he's going to put in disastrous games, then at least you know. I mean, at this point, you're not making, you're probably not making the playoffs. That division's completely out of reach at this point. The Vikings and Packers are way out in front. They're two, they're two much better teams. I feel like you just need to properly just give plays to Trubisky. Stop trying to like sort of spoon feed him here and get his confidence up. I feel like you just need to go all in and know what you got in these last eight games. Well, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one because I'm not sure that he's shown. The ability to be unleashed. Um, yeah, I know that's yeah. Unleashing is a weird word. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like you just need to sort of just open the playbook up and let him. I don't know. Let him do what he does and see yeah, see what it is. I guess I don't at know. some point, I guess at some point, you just got to kind of see what you've got and and yep. if there is potential there to to yeah. get better. But yeah, I, I think a, a big thing for the Bears is, is giving the ball to David Montgomery more. He, he had yep. kind of his breakout game last week. He did. Uh, he's going to have a much much harder. Against the run uh, defense, against that that Philly run defense, you know, it's probably yeah. one of, if not the best run defense in the league. Yep. Um, but I think you've got to give him the ball and and let him ground and pound. Definitely, I just mean like less trick plays and gimmicks, just maybe some proper yeah, proper plays at Trubisky. Uh, no, I agree, I agree yeah. with that completely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Indy minus one at Pittsburgh. Total is forty three. I mean, every single Colts game this year has been decided by one possession or one score. Um, I expect that to continue here. I mean, it was an ugly, 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 ugly win for the Colts last week against the Broncos. They had no business winning that game. They did. Hell of a play from Brissett, the one that they keep showing on the replay. Um, I mean, Peter Schrager is going on Good Morning Football and saying Brissett's an MVP candidate. Stop. I mean, <laughs> stop. Just stop. And they just keep showing that same play. It's like, uh, where's any good play from the first 59 minutes of this game? Because there wasn't any. He didn't play great. He he had made a hell of a play on that final drive, and he's the reason, you know, we won that game, but he's also the reason that we should have, should have, you know, not won that game at the same time. So, um, look, and Pittsburgh, you know, Rudolph showed good progress coming out of that 14-0 hole, 14 and 0 hole against Miami, but what the hell are the Steelers doing in a 
14-0 hole against Miami. I mean, yeah. both are coming off some ugly wins, but uh, I feel like Pittsburgh in prime time in the way they played in the second half and drove the ball down the field, um, that they're probably feeling good. But I don't know. I feel like this sounds weird, but because the Colts played so awful against Denver, I feel like they're going to play a lot better. I expected them to have a game like they did against Denver, but I thought they might have done it more on the road at Pittsburgh. So I feel like they had their game against Denver they had the game against Denver was what I was expecting them to have against Pittsburgh. But now that they've kind of had it, I feel like they're going to come out and, and play a little bit better. But I have no confidence in that at all, so I'm going to pass on this game. <laughs> so, yeah, see, I, I kind of agree with you on one hand and then disagree with you on, on the other hand. I, I think that, you know, when you look at that that final scoreline of the, the Steelers-Dolphins game and you see that 27-14, you think that's that's probably a really comfortable win. It didn't look comfortable at all. Um, e- even in the second half when, when they kind of, I mean, they weren't scoring at will, but and and they weren't running all over the the Dolphins either. It, it yep. was a really ugly win for for the Steelers as well, like yeah. you said for the, the Colts. Um, I actually think that the Colts uh, was a more impressive win because they pulled it out when they had to okay. uh, against a, a much better defense. Yep. And uh, I think the the Colts are a much better team this year, and, and I'm expecting them to cover that that one point line and yep. uh, get get a. Get a strong win. Get a strong win. James has mentioned in his notes here that it's he's all about James Connor. I think he's going to wait and see what James Connor's status is because, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be it's it'd be hard for for them to win if if he's not playing. So he thinks Colts are strong if if James Connor doesn't play. I agree because the depth behind him is with Benny Snell injured um, and Jalen Samuels out. Um, they're going to have sort of no running back depth, um, and that's kind of the one weakness of the Colts. But the Colts' defense has actually improved over the last couple of weeks. Um, I was just about to say the Colts haven't been that bad against the run. And yeah, so both know, have, I, both have improved dramatically. Um, if you read the Football Outsiders, I think both have elevated from sort of twenties to the teens in DVOA defense. So I, if anything, I kind of lean under. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I was bullish on on the Steelers preseason, but. Just recently, I think I have no confidence in a in a team that just does the absolute minimum required to get past the West Team in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, coming—that's such a Mike Tomlin thing to do, though. You know, <laughs> they're, they're in no place to be fourteen zip down against Miami. Like, yeah. that, it just shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't. Um, we'll see how they go against the Colts. Uh, all right, Jets. Speaking of Miami, Jets minus three travel to uh, Hard Rock Stadium to take on the Miami Dolphins. Total is forty-one. Um, for me. This is uh this is the Jets Jets play for me, um so the the Jets are thirtieth in the NFL in net yards per play, but I, that falls a little bit on the Luke Falk games, and look and some very average Sam Darnold games, but but he's faced some strong pass defense like in in all of his starts they're all in the teens like the Pats the Bills, um the Jaguars pass defense and then the worst in terms of DVOA pass defense that, that Darnold has faced is Dallas at 17th, and he scored 24 points against them. So mm. this is by far the easiest he'll face, and looks like Xavier Howard won't play. He's been placed on IR with a... Uh, he was playing too well to be on a tanking <laughs> team injury. Um, that's what probably should be designated for the NFL. Playing too well, we need to tank. So Xavier Howard, you're, you're done here. Stop making plays. Stop picking off quarterbacks. We don't want that. Um, we want more defense that uh, we can draw a tank in the middle of the field. If you saw Mina Kimes' tweet, um, very good. She's so clever. Um, all right, so yeah, I just think this is this is going to be Sam Darnold's best game as a season, maybe as a as a pro quarterback. Um, and this is also a revenge game scenario for Adam Gase, who's been uh, pretty shit potted all week by everyone, and rightly so. I mean, he's terrible without Peyton Manning. Is he's just 
he's bad, but I feel like in a revenge scenario, he can pull something out. So, look, Miami fought hard last week on the road, but they got a short week. I'm taking the JET Jets minus three, and I'm going to take the over as well. Maybe a line total, maybe. Might, get, might channel my inner Nick. Mm. What have you got for us? I, I agree with you. I think the you know the tankers keep tanking. Uh, I tweeted uh, late in that first quarter last week that, that Miami was so bad, they were so bad at tanking even, being 14 zip up. <laughs> um, but, you know, they did what they do best, and, and they uh, they pulled it out. They, they lost, and, and they lost fairly you know, comfortably in the end. And they've traded away their, their best, if, if not most talented offensive player in Kenyon Drake. Um, I'm pretty much on every Jets bet here. Um, <laughs> and, and I agree, a little a little dabble on the double could be on the cards. Yeah, it is. It's hard in Miami. You know, they, tank is going to tank. It is It is pretty funny that uh, that they just... They were nearly going to be the only team in NFL history to uh, start as a 14-point underdogs lead and, and not cover with a 14-0 lead. <laughs> um, I got sent that. Um, halfway through that game because I thought, oh, if they don't cover here, this is one of the most horrendous beats. So uh, James doesn't agree with us. He sees that we're on the Jets. Um, he doesn't want to spoil the part a bit. He feels weird about them making it an u- uber lock. Um, so he said just tread carefully. So if they don't cover, then James will come back next week and say, see, guys, I told you. There's he'll, some he'll skepticism. Face. And he, yeah. he's been good. He's been good the last couple of weeks on his, his uh, weekly bets. Yeah. he's He's been actually pretty decent. Who knows? Who, yeah. Maybe we've opened him up to some weekly betting as yeah. opposed to futures. Uh, any final <laughs> thoughts on any more plays or anything on this game? Yeah, I saw I saw this uh, interesting treble when I was I was doing a bit of research for this match. And how about this, Sam Darnold for two hundred forty five plus passing yards? And you mentioned that you think that he'll have his best game as a pro. Yep. Le'Veon Bell to have five or more receptions, and I think that that'll be a big part in Darnold having his best game. Is okay. is some of those short passes to keep moving the chains. And Robbie Anderson to have 55-plus receiving yards at $2.20. Oh, I don't know about that price. The Lev Bell 5-plus receptions is... It could be Jamison Crowder that has the big game in the slot. Um, mm. I do think could, Anderson right. hits it. I feel like he he only needs one play to hit 55 yards um, at this point. I just He's he's kind of a guy where he'll have some weeks where they'll have three catches for 11 yards or it'll be two catches for 175 and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I... I, I, yeah, that, that's true. I, I think for for Bell, I think he's just starting to get comfortable in this offense yep. now, and and with Darnold back and and potentially feeling confident if he's mm. if he's able to move the ball easily, then uh, I think he could have a lot of the ball. Le'Veon okay. Bell. I'll, I'll talk about Le'Veon Bell a little bit later on with my long shots because that's where I'm going this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee at Carolina. Carolina minus four. Totals forty one. I think we're still one more week away from Cam Newton returning, and I think that conversation's over. Nick, would you agree after the Kyle Allen performance against San Fran? Yeah, very disappointing if you're yeah. Kyle Allen. Yeah, unfortunately. Yep. But this is this is a spot where he can kind of uh, turn it around so that your final game as as a starter this season potentially isn't isn't that sort of uh, you know performance against the 49ers. But, I mean, they got into a hole early, and it's hard when you're down. You kind of make throws that you kind of want to have back. But sometimes you've got to do those because, you know, they end up working out sometimes if you thread the needle correctly. you you can lead your team, and they got back to at twenty-seven thirteen, and then it kind of just all fell away from them again. Um, look, the Titans are overrated. They completely gifted that win by the officials last week, and those two early turnovers by Winston in his own twenty. So, two of those t- Titans scoring drives started. One was inside the ten, and one was inside the twenty. So, I feel like Tannehill's numbers and stats and things are a little bit overhyped just because he had two red zone appearances before even. Having a, at one point, I think he was two from six for 14 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. 
Um, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. So um, the the Bucks outgained the Texans by 150 yards and in terms of yards per play at 5.1 to 4.3. So the Titans had no business winning that game. And then Carolina coming off that loss, I feel like it just points to Carolina minus four for me. I, I think uh, I think they win. And look, everyone will be yelling at about Tannehill. He's 2-0, and but... They had six drives that had 10 yards or less, and this Carolina defense is a lot better than the Panthers, uh, than the uh, Buccaneers defense. They're fifth in DVOA despite the hammering last week. Um, they're third ranked in pass defense, so that should keep Ryan Tannehill in check and force some turnovers. If they are going to have a, any chance to cover, it's a big Derrick Henry game because the uh, the uh, the Carolina Panthers are last, dead last in in rushing defense. They're terrible. I just don't know if the Titans are smart enough to coach up a, a big game performance out of their running backs like Kyle Shanahan is. So uh, the Titans, they're 7-17 and against the spread in their last 24 road games against teams with winning records and expecting another loss and a better performance from Kyle. I'm taking Carolina minus four. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and definitely, um, if you're listening, check out uh, some of the player props around Derrick Henry because that, that is a very good play. Um Look, the Panthers will be hurting after last last week's demolition. That that was very out of character for them, um, and and I was disappointed in the way that they kind of, like you said, when they they, they kind of came back and, and started to work their way back into it, and then just dropped their heads and and it just all fell to pieces. Uh, and they're going to be they're going to be really hurting. They're going to want to they're going to want to uh, I guess get their revenge this, this week. And I think that they'll be too good, uh, especially defensively for for what's not a particularly good passing offense organically, but. I did tell you a couple of weeks ago that Ryan Tannehill coming in would bump the receiver's value slightly, and, and it has done that in yep. in terms of fantasy at least, but uh, it won't in, in this game in reality. So I'm also on the Panthers minus four. Yeah, it is funny. Like I feel like he definitely has helped their offense, but I feel like people have just gone a bit too far now on the Tannehill thing. I just feel yep. like it's yep. yeah, it's a bit it's a bit much for um, for that, like everyone thinking now, oh, like you know the the Titans are good, or oh, he's you know he's going to lead them. It's just I feel like that performance last week, you know, while it was an all right fantasy performance, it wasn't a great footballing performance. No, so, that's right. Um, by the way, 100 plus yards, I think it's like 275 from Derrick Henry. That could be something to look at. Um, yeah. That's, you know, over on uh, in, in the US, but uh, who knows what the prices are here. Um, anyway, let's move on. Although James likes Tennessee plus four, so we might not have a best bet yet, mm. um, unfortunately. He spoiled the party on two of our uh, agreements. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. Washington at Buffalo. Buffalo nine and a half point favorites at home. The total is thirty seven. I like the under thirty seven. Um, the total's gone under in the Redskins' last five games with an average combined score of twenty seven point four. So, this is a lot to do with their play speed and pace and their play calling. So, Washington's week seven game took two hours and thirty six minutes. It's the fastest game. Our fastest NFL game since 2009, and their Thursday night football game against uh, the Vikings was was only five minutes longer, two hours and 41 minutes. So Callahan's running the ball and the clock like crazy. That means you've got less possessions and less opportunity to score. And this is a Buffalo defense that should keep them in check. And it's a Buffalo offense that struggles to score itself. And I feel like Washington's defense can um, keep them in check a little bit. uh, And I think under is the play. Yeah, I, I agree in most of that. I, I don't like the under just because it's a little low. I, I do think it'll be low scoring. I do think it'll be closer than expected. I, I, I'm on I'm on the Redskins at the plus nine and a half because I just don't know how you can take the Bills at minus nine and a half. No, they shouldn't be giving that many points to anybody uh, at this point, no. really. Um, no. As bad as Washington are, and I don't know who's starting for them because Keenum's in the concussion protocol. 
So maybe that pushes the number down a little bit. Um, I think I think without Keenum, I have it around 10, and then with Keenum, I have it about 8. Um, but okay. I, I just like the under um, a little bit more, uh, I just think. And you're right, if the total is going under, then 9.5 is massive. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, this could be just like a, yeah. You know, what was the score last week? 19 to 9. This could be a 17-10 game at this point. It could be, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. so um, I, I don't mind the, the plus there. It's just hard up in Buffalo. It can, it can get away from you a little bit, um, the Redskins. Uh, let's let's move on. Kansas City, uh, they're hosting uh, Minnesota. The line here at some places, now there's not a solid line. There's no total anywhere at all. Um, this is a Matt Moore line. So if you're listening to this, we're on the proviso that Matt Moore is starting because uh, Patrick Mahomes is listed as doubtful. So uh, it's pretty safe to assume um, at this point. So Minnesota are three-point favorites now. It's moved to three. Um, it was two and a half yesterday. So I, I like this. If it gets to three and a half, I'll, I'll take the Chiefs. I thought the Chiefs are a little unlucky not to cover against the Packers. Um, it was just Rodgers making that godlike throw, um, kind of being the difference there. It was an, it was an amazing play by Rodgers. Um, and, and, you know, kudos to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They're the new Ingram and Kamara, I guess, in fantasy. Just put both of them just putting up mm. points at will. Um, look, the, look, I feel like, I feel like they can cover here, the Chiefs. I mean, Kirk Cousins on the road against a good team. I know they're missing Pat Mahomes, and maybe they're not a good team without him. But I still think um, Andy Reid does a great job at managing the quarterback, and we've seen him rack up wins with lesser talent than Matt Moore. Um, so my numbers have this sort of minus a half, so plus plus three, plus three and a half is definitely value for me. It comes down to rush defense and rushing. The Chiefs only rushed for 88 yards last week. They were on a roll, and then McCoy fumbled, and it kind of halted their their momentum a little bit. Um, and they've allowed uh, 145 rushing yards per game, so we know what the Vikings want to do. So if they can shut down Dalvin Cook and potentially limit Dalvin Cook, they, they can go a long way to covering. That sounds a lot easier, though, um, said than done at this point. Mm. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's very uh, – he's, he's hard to keep down, isn't he? He's he's definitely in the offensive player of the year um, conversation yeah, as well. I think definitely people sleeping on Dalvin Cook. He, he's been pretty phenomenal, and and Madison's sh- shown some juice off off the bench as well. Yeah, very true. I just think for this game, there's, there's too many unknowns. You know, Minnesota away from home are, are very different to Minnesota at home. Yep. Um, you know, they're they're really unreliable, and they're a dome team now, so they're not used yeah. to playing in the elements, which is something that's going to be a, a big factor here. Uh, absolutely, and and who knows what this. Chiefs offense is capable of. Um, we don't know if it's going to be more or, or Mahomes. It, it will probably be more, but uh, Andy Reid came out earlier in the week and said that Mahomes could have played last week. If last week was a playoff game, he would have played. That seems um, crazy to me. Which is, it is crazy. It's but nuts. I even think, like, even if he does play, we saw we saw kind of what he was like when he was hobbling, even before he, he dislocated the knee. Mm. Um, you know, he, he was hobbling around. He, he, he just looked a step below his elite self um, before he did that knee. And yep. and there's just a, a huge question mark on this Kansas City offense without him being 100%. So it's, it's a pass from me. Yep, it's a pass from James as well. Just doubling back, James has uh, Washington plus nine and a half as well. Um, all right, Detroit at Oakland. Uh, Oakland minus two at home. The total's 50 and a half here. Um, I like the over 50 and a half here. Hit it before the uh, key 51 comes up. We saw it land on 51 last week. Involving Oakland, neither of these defenses has played well at all this year. Both are uh, ranking in the bottom five and points allowed per drive. Detroit's one good defensive game on the scoreboard was a 13-10 to win over the Chargers, but the Chargers had like four touchdowns taken away, and they still allowed 
um, the Chargers to rack up 424 yards. So um, I do think this is an over. Both teams are, are much stronger on offense than defense. We've got Oakland's eighth-ranked DVOA offense against Detroit's 23rd DVOA defense. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got Detroit's 13th DVOA offense against Oakland's 28th DVOA defense. So um, I do think this is an over game. And the Lions do really well as pass the ball. They're top five in net yards per attempt on offense. And the Raiders' biggest weakness is they ranked 28th in net yards allowed per pass attempt. And they've given up a league-worst 19 passing touchdowns. So I think a big game from Stafford, big overs game. Yeah, massive. I completely agree. It's it's actually a pass for me. But, you know, based on those numbers, looking at Matt Stafford, Kenny Golladay, Danny Amendola, if, if he plays, Marvin Jones, um, they should all have a field day. Um, so I'll be looking at them in the prop markets. But I really hate both of these teams who are just so inconsistent. Um, outside of Matt Stafford, who's just a gun. But I, I just wanted to touch on, James hasn't given us much for this game, but <laughs> but he's he's going Oakland for the pure reason of legendary coach. A bit, that's a bit uh, tongue-in-cheek. No context, uh, yeah, no think, context but uh, I think there's a he's, bit he's of come around. He's come around on Gruden, though. He gave him props the other week. So, he did give him um, props the other week. Yeah, and rightly so. It, it kills me to say it, but uh, he's done a good job. All right, uh, Tampa Bay at Seattle. Seattle minus six. Total is 51.5. What have you got for us? Well, Seattle are the third-ranked DVOA offensive team in the league, and the Buccaneers are ranked 15th uh, in DVOA offense. At home with Russell Wilson, hopefully back in MVP form uh, after last week, was it was a little slower than usual. Yep. But like I said, he's ranked second in QB rating. He's fourth in DVOA. He's three in DYAR. Um, he'll be calling the shots as, as usual, and the Seahawks have too much firepower. I'm I'm taking the Seahawks minus six at home. Yep, uh, James is agree. He wrote Lockworthy, so uh, maybe we're, we're all on the same page. I had Seattle minus six, scratched it. I'm out. I, I like the over instead. I'm sorry. Um, this back door, this this Panther, uh, this Seattle uh, pass defense of uh, terrifies me to death. Um, you know, my numbers have Seattle minus seven and a half here, but I, I'm really worried about the back door. Maybe it was last week. It's kind of Shook me a little bit, but that they allowed Matt freaking Sharp to throw it for four hundred plus yards on them. Like Winston to Evans could feast here, but then at the same time, Winston also has turned the ball over ten times in his last two games. So it's it's crazy, and that, and that kind of pushes me towards the over. I feel like the back door will be open, and you'll also maybe see some some Seattle drives starting inside their own territory because I feel like that's that's an opportunity there. And so, despite ranking first in the NFL against the run and eighteenth in total yards. The Bucks have allowed the third most points as they're often forced to defend such a short field because of Jameis Winston. So the overs now cashed in 16 of the Bucks' last 21 road games. Um, and Tampa, Tampa Bay are 26 against the pass in DVOA, and Seattle are obviously the number two pass DVOA offense. So if they air it out, they should have plenty of success. I'm worried that they're going to spend too much time trying to establish the run, though, um, Seattle, and that's why I'm kind of a little bit bullish on the minus six, mm. even though I think... Um, my numbers have it over a touchdown. So, Are you not not tempted to go back to the well with Mike Evans. I definitely am. I uh, I'm going to consider it. I think um, he's just a freak. Bruce Arians said he's the best wide receiver he's ever coached. Which I don't know. He's coached Antonio Brown and Larry Fitz. I feel Larry Fitz just shots across the bow from Bruce Arians. I used to love Arians. What's going on, man? He's saying some weird stuff. Um, the one thing that works against him is drops. Yeah, he he's got everything else. But if he can if he can clean up the drops, then he could certainly be the number one receiver in the league. Yeah. One thing that I haven't factored into this game is the whole Jason like burner account factor. Um, if <laughs> Winston might this this puts Winston's reputation on the line here, so this could be a big Winston game. Um, if if the Bucks win this outright, I'm buying the Winston book. 
I'm buying it. I'll buy it on Amazon, seventeen ninety five. I'll, I'll read all four hundred pages of it. Um, you have to give us the uh, give yeah. Us I'll the give you a book review. Week. I'll give you like a uh, David and Margaret style uh, review. Hundred uh, minute, yeah. hundred minute, four hundred page review. Yeah. All right. Um, so come on, Seattle. Uh, Cleveland minus three at Denver. Um, totals thirty nine. Nick, tell me what have Cleveland done to warrant being three point favorites on the road in yeah, Denver, um, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. I'm not sure at all. Yeah, so the Broncos rank higher in DVOA, um, PFF grade, because they do team rankings, and Enya as well. So uh, adjusted net yards per attempt in terms of offense and defense. Um, so the Denver quarterback change doesn't scare me as much because I didn't really rate Joe Flacco that much, and it might see them take and embrace the run more and take advantage of the Browns' run defense, which is 27th in the NFL in opponent yards allowed per attempt um, at 4.7. Um, the Broncos' defense has a, had a 14 point, uh, 14% DVOA for September, which was 26 in the NFL, but it's minus 30 and 30.3%, which is third in, um, in the league uh, for October. So I feel like they've they've figured it out. Vic Fangio's figured it out. He's figured out his personnel use and, and how to how to really get this team going. And they they slowed down the Colts last week. Um, this is this is a massive game for Cleveland. I mean, everyone's expecting them to kind of. I touched on it. Their schedule gets easier, and this is an easy game, and they want to go on a run here. This is it. This is the, the pressure's on them. I thought they played okay against New England. I mean, they just had some unlucky turnovers, some real ugly turnovers. Um, I do think Cleveland will get better. I feel like they're going to improve, and and but this just feels like a field goal game to me. So I'm going to take the team getting the points. Yeah, look, you, you've pretty much nailed it there. I, I, there, there is no reason that Cleveland should be three point favorites away from home, especially in Colorado yep. against Denver. I, I think we need some Enya backing music here because as the, the official, you know, new favorite stat of this podcast. Enya, yeah. Shout out to Justice to... Mosquito who tracks this every weekend. Check, follow him on Twitter. He's very, very good. But I am a bit of, what is it, Orecano Flow um, from Enya? We'll get, I'll get that as a drop maybe. We'll pump that. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. That's good. So um, you like the Browns. You like the uh, Broncos as well. I, I think the Broncos will win this straight up at home uh, and continue the Browns' miserable season. I think that they... They know how to play in Colorado, and I just haven't seen anything from Cleveland to, to inspire any sort of confidence that they can get this done. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting though. This this quarterback that's going to play for uh, for the Broncos, Brandon Allen. It's his first regular season NFL snap. If there's, any, if there's anything I've known, surnames with Allen this year, they've gone okay. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, gone Josh. Okay. Now we got Brandon. How many more Allens have we got? Allen. There's probably uh, an Allen Allen somewhere. Oh, we need an Allen Allen. That would be that fantastic. Would be uh, James is on the Browns. So, again, zigging while we're zagging or zagging while we zig. Um, so, interesting. Can't quite we're get in a trouble here for the lock. We are in big trouble. Uh, Green Bay minus three at Los Angeles Chargers. The total's 47. This is a clear pass for me. Um, look, the one way to beat the Packers is on the ground. The Chargers running game has stunk since Melvin Gordon returned. Um, with a horrible minus 65.3% offensive DVOA running the ball in October. Um, it's twice as bad as any other team. Uh, the Chargers have just 2.3 yards per carry their last four weeks. But they did fire Ken Wisenhunt, and they'll go back to Anthony Lynn, hopefully playing, um, calling the players on offense. One thing we know about Anthony Lynn is he's a, a smart uh, running game coordinator. He did it in the Bills for, for a while, and I feel like he knows Eckler's the guy. Um, I don't know. Surely, if they go back to Eckler here, this could be something, and this could, you know, definitely he's the key to the Chargers covering at home here. Um, so this is a clear pass for me. Yeah, look, we're we're on the same page again. This is unheard of. 
Um, <laughs> like like last week, if this was at, at Lambeau, I'm taking the minus three on the, the Packers. Oh, I think they'd be close the to, to the bank. touchdown, I think, if it was at Lambeau. Yeah. It has to be. But, the, you know, the Chargers are so volatile on, on both offense and defense that it's impossible to predict which team we're going to see. Yeah. Um, I think there is a clear example, as you mentioned, of how to beat the Packers, and, and no one's done it except the Eagles in week four, uh, which is just run, 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 and run. Um, you know, the Chargers have the talent to do it with Gordon and Eckler, but Melvin Gordon hasn't produced since he came back. Yep. They haven't they haven't proven it since that that time. Eckler continues to, to eat yards in the passing game, but I think he needs to he needs to get the ball in the he running game. He needs to get some well. carries, man. He's, he's he was elusive as when he was handling the ball. Like, he's the dynamic back at the moment. You got to you got to feed the hot better, hand. He's just a better player. Like that, that's it. And and so right now this is this is the time for for the Chargers ground and pound game to stand up. But uh, again, like you, it's a, it's a clear pass for me. Okay, yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, hold on. Let's uh, where are we? Uh, Green Bay for. For James, so it's interesting. It's, it's a tough one. The Chargers are just—they're left tackles back. Russell Okung, I guess that helps a little bit. But yeah, you're right. They're just—it's just such a mystery from them every week. They're, I can tell you one thing: they'll be down seven driving late. Um, <laughs> all right, New England minus three and a half at Baltimore. Probably the game of the week. Uh, total is forty-five. Uh, why don't you start us off? Well, the Pats—the Pats just do what they have to, just just to keep winning. That they, they don't need to produce you know, extraordinary offensive performances because their defense just handles it week after week after week after week. Um, uh, I, I don't think the Pats are going to go through this season unbeaten. I think they will lose a game at some stage. And why not the Ravens? They're, they're unpredictable on offense. They're, they've got, you know, dynamic uh, receivers. They've got a dynamic quarterback. They do a bit of everything and they can they can produce unpredictable plays. Um, they've stiffened their, their defense over the last couple of weeks and they're full of confidence after a three-game winning streak and, and you know, they're leading the AFC North. So why not the Ravens? I'm going to take them at, at the line plus three and a half. Okay. Um, this also kind of feels like a game where Bill Belichick might be happy to lose. Just play vanilla, study Lamar Jackson, take as much information as possible so that Wait, he knows how to study, play them in the playoff, in the playoffs. I was going to say study Lamar Jackson to see if uh, yeah, Brady could run some of the same place. The Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens uh, are a team that I think he probably fears the most. We've seen them go into Foxborough and win playoff games countless times. Um, they should have won a lot more. They've, they've, they've blown t- at least two, um, you know, missed kicks, dropped touchdown pass. Um, so that they've they've could have ended the Pat season and in, in some of their dynasties for a couple of times here. Um, and Super Bowl appearances, the Ravens. So they they know, and 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 uh, John Harbour is a great coach. He knows how to kind of take them on and, and give them fits. But uh, I like the under forty five here. The Pats kind of offensive struggles. Uh, I say struggles in a sort of air quotes because um, they, they're getting a little bit overlooked because they are eight zero, um, and, and they're not really struggles. They're, they're middle of the pack, but you kind of expect them because they've, they're quarterbacked by Tom Brady to be sort of a top ten offense, but they're mm-hmm. not. Um, they're kind of middle of the road. They're 23rd in yards per play, 15th in offensive DVOA, and middle of the field in offensive Enya. Um, and you know they have some issues on their offensive line, so that's going to be a, a, a key matchup for Baltimore. But then on the other side, Baltimore have simultaneously turned things around on defense and improved from 30th in DVOA to 6th in DVOA over the last month. So that, you know September was terrible, October was much better. They're getting some healthy players back, Patrick. Uh, Wunasar and Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith now going to come back, which which will put Marcus Peters. And that finally has some corners back on the field. Um, so that that definitely helps them in terms of their defense and, and limiting the Pats' offense. And then on the other side of the ball, 
look, this is clearly the best offense that, that Pat's historic defense has faced, but the, the passing game is a concern. I mean, Lamar Jackson was 9 of 20 for just 143 yards last week, and he has only one touchdown pass in his past three games. So they're kind of in a little bit of an offensive funk, but their run game has just been unbelievable in their they're uh, they're going to run the game, but that kind of bleeds the clock, and I feel like they're going to have success, but I expect the Ravens to run the ball and Lamar to run it a lot, and I think this all sort of bodes well to an underplay. I feel like yeah, this is going to be a tight game. Yeah, I think you're right, and and you know, talking about Lamar's concerns passing the ball, I, I think he's valid, but I think that, that because of his ability running, that he only has to be competent passing. He doesn't yeah. have to be incredible. He doesn't have to be great, because it just means that you've got to, you've, you've got to defend the pass. Yep. Um, which opens up some holes for him to run the ball, and, and you, might, for... you might want might not want to pass against his secondary. I mean, I yeah, wouldn't want to. Yeah, it's exactly. Ridiculous. So maybe so just run it a hundred times. As long as he can switch, you know, change things up every now and then, and 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 hit some passes to keep the chains moving, and yeah, you know, he, he still uses legs because that's that's where that's where they've got the. Uh, the, the offensive ability yeah. to, to make this happen. Look, a Baltimore win wouldn't shock me, but I'm just I'm just not betting against Bill Belichick. We've seen him shut down players like Lamar Jackson before. He 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 does an uncanny ability of shutting down teams' number one weapon, and Lamar Jackson is that. So whether he has a spy on him the entire game, Kyle Van Noy just follows him around like a pest all game. Jamie Collins all game. Um, that might be the way to do it. Maybe he 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 just doesn't double-team any of the receivers and says, beat us through the air. That's the way you're going to beat us. And I don't know if Lamar can with this secondary. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun, fun game, though. Yeah, should. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Pats for, for the for James. Um, all right, let's move on to Monday Night Football. Dallas minus seven at the Giants. Total is 48.5. Um, I like the Giants here. Plus seven and a half if it gets there. Um, Dallas is 10-4 and four against the spread in their last 14 games following a bye. So that bodes well. Um, but this is the only, this is the second time, only the second time since 2016 the Cowboys have been road favorites of seven or more points. So that is also something to look at. So they've always had a, a much smaller spread to cover. Um, and the Giants are seven and three against the spread in their last ten with, uh, three consecutive covers, um, when they're home dogs of seven or more points. So this kind of bodes well for the Giants. I feel like, uh, they could definitely cover late here. Um, through the back door, potentially like they did against uh, the Lions last week. Look, the Giants are putrid against the pass, so this number could absolutely get blown out and I look like a fool, but I feel like the Cowboys just want to feed it to Zeke 25 times a game. So I just feel like the Giants, now that they've got Leonard Williams, could potentially slow them down and then rely on Saquon, who looked healthy and looked explosive last week, and and hopefully he can you know, run them and and score some points and and keep them competitive. Yes, it's a really ugly NFC East. Match up for for me as a as an Eagles fan, um, Cowboys have the talent to win this easily, and, and when I say easily, I mean easily. But <laughs> you just don't you just don't know what what the Giants are going to do. Um, it, it's a pass for me. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our lock of the week. What are we? Okay, despite. Uh... Despite my battle wounds from last week, uh, the, the closest thing we have to a lock, so we're going to do it. Uh, Nick twisted my arm a little bit. Seattle minus six against Tampa Bay at home here is the lock. Uh, uh, James and Nick definitely on board. Uh, twisted my arm a little bit. I'm on board. My numbers definitely favorite. I'm just I'm just a little bit wounded. Well, we're on a roll. I think that's five in a row for our lock. And, and you yeah. did like it, even yeah. though you didn't have it as an official play. You did yeah. like it, and you had it originally, and then you changed it. So yeah. okay, it's kind of even if it's kind of you know. Air quotes, unofficial. Yep. 
Um, uh, yeah, let's do it. It's official if it wins, unofficial if it exactly. loses. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, exactly right. May as well be a slimy subscriber that try to sell picks all the time, you know, all those, all those touts. Um, right, let's we'll, delete let... it. we'll delete it from the document. If yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, let's talk best bets. Uh, what have you got for us and, and your long shot? Uh, I've got the Jets line, minus three. Uh, I've got the Panthers, minus four. And uh, as I said, I think the Broncos win straight up, so that, that plus three at home uh, is my third best bet. I'm kind of torn with, with my long shot this week because I, I am bullish on the Ravens against the Pats this week, and, and I like them at the line. To win straight up, the Ravens are $2.60-ish, uh, depending where, where you go. Um, and, and that's that's tempting because I do like them this week, but I'm going to go Deshaun Watson, three or more passing touchdowns at $3.50. I definitely prefer your latter one uh, <laughs> there. Um, I think that's a pretty... It's a little short. The, the, Ravens, the Ravens straight up is a little short at 260 Okay. Yeah, it is a little short. If you can get the Ravens at $3, I, I think you're in. Yeah. Just don't yep. know if it'll, that price will get there. Maybe maybe closer uh, to game day, the line might move a little bit out to, to four points or, or something like that. Um, that might get you there. Um, all right, my best bets this week, I've got Detroit, Oakland, over 50 and a half. Um, I've gone all totals this week. Seattle, Tampa Bay, over 53. And then New England and Baltimore, under 45. My long shot this week, Le'Veon Bell, 120-plus rushing yards at $4.50. Feel like this is a big left bell game, and I, you know, maybe it is, you know, on the on the ground and in the air, and, and he might hit that five plus receptions, Nick. But I do expect him to have a big day um, on the ground. We saw James Connor do it, um, and Lev Bell's a rich man's James Connor. Um, so, <laughs> I think he'll have a big day regardless. Yep, he's a DFS play hands down, a stack. Um, uh, all right, James's best bets this week. He likes Seattle, Philly, and the Cowboys at their lines, and then his long shot is. Deshaun Watson, $15 for most passing yards. He thinks the J.J. Watt injury brings this into play even more, as too does how tight uh, the AFC South is. Only 200 yards off the lead as we speak. And, uh, yeah, it'll be on him and his arm from here on in. I don't mind that at all. I think that's a pretty good long shot. Uh, no Daryl Data this week, so let's jump straight into uh, the Stats Insider model. And, uh, Nick, take us away. Yeah, Daryl's still enjoying the sun over in Europe. It's uh, Wow. It's, some, it's some just live the life. It's a good life for some. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, on NFL bets last week, we went three and three on lines, two and one on the, the green plays. We went four and one on totals, which were all orange plays. Um, well in, well in profit on, on both of those markets. Yep. Uh, college football went six and three on lines. Uh, it was a bad week for greens, actually. We went zero and one for, for green lines, but you know, we're still 60% strike rate on the season for college lines. Yep. Uh, and went two and seven on totals. Again, zero and one on, on greens. Uh, which is probably the worst weekend of college football total results since, oh, since I can no. remember here at Stats Insider. Um, Bounce back factor. So, yeah, looking looking to get back on the on the winning list this week. But I mean, even even after that week at yep. two and seven, we've still got the model still has a fifty eight percent strike rate on yep. uh, total bets, which is uh, That's good. pretty good. Uh, and what are the best bets uh, for the NFL uh, as of as of now? As we always mention, check check statsinsider.com.au to uh, you know check the models updated. As it gets more information on the matchups and ins and outs, obviously these changes a little bit. But uh, for the podcast, what have we got? They went one yeah. and two last week um, officially for for the board. Um, but what are the three best bets this week? Three best bets this week are Giants at the plus seven line. It's a fourteen percent yeah. green play. Wow, uh, it's, it's pretty strong. It's a massive uh, play, which which can sometimes 
make you a little wary because maybe the model's missing something that the market's got. True. Um, you know, the, the model takes into account uh, official lineups. Does the model think Eli rosters. Manning's making a comeback? Because Denny Darns <laughs> has been terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but the, the model does take into account official playing lists and, and official yep. uh, availabilities. Uh, so all of, you know, rumors if they're on Twitter. But even if it is uh, massively off, like it would what only move to what, like 10% or 9%? Right, potentially. Yeah, potentially. so it's still a green yeah. play. Still, still a green play, yeah. but uh, yeah, just just keep in mind that that it may it may be uh, missing something, okay. some some part, you know, valuable piece of data that the market already has. Okay. Um. So keep an eye on that one as, yep. as it gets closer. Uh, Baltimore plus three and a half, which uh, I like. Uh, that's one of my one of my plays. Uh, as we spoke about earlier, that's a seven percent orange play. Um, and the third one is Oakland, Detroit, under 50 and a half, 4% orange. Ooh, head to head here. We're going head yeah, to head. Yeah, man versus machine. Haven't had many of them this year. No, I'm ready. My body's ready. Um, <laughs> I'm with it on the Giants, but now I'm going head to head against it on a total, which I, um, I'm very worried about. Um, and what's the long shot this week for long the shots, model? Long shot's an interesting one. It's got the Giants head to head. It's a, a 6% green play. Yep. Uh, and and what that's saying is that the, the bookies have the the implied probability of the Giants winning at twenty seven percent. Yep. Our model that's the side of model saying their probability is thirty three percent. So that's one in three. Yep. Um, you know that's that's a decent edge. Okay. There we go. All right. That's the stats insider model. As I said, check out statsinsider.com.au. Um, check out uh, James's article on statsinsider.com.au, and, and then check the model, um, college football, NFL, all sorts of sport. Have you covered, uh, Nick? Great, uh, great pod today. Uh, mid-season review. Let's see how we go. Updated uh, Super Bowls and, and things. We'll probably look foolish again in another nine weeks. It is the NFL after all. But uh, good luck in week nine and uh, look forward to, to speaking next week. Yeah, good chat. Good chat. Good chat. Um, that wraps up the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Stats Insider and you can follow at Wooten White as well. Um, and uh, please gamble responsibly.